very popular topic of triggers. Who doesn't have triggers, right? <laughs> Do you have any triggers, Rick? Um, all that energy for long periods of time. Well, because it literally takes energy away from other centers, right? Oh, including your brain. That's why well, you're not coherent enough. Yes. How much more empowering to look at something that we typically look at as something really annoying. Being triggered is not fun. Out there. It, well, especially if there was an actual bear, bear right. and I would just do what I would normally do, right? Shit and run. So it's good. <laughs> it's good. I'm Fatih Light. And I'm Rick Rupenthal. Welcome to An Honest Look. Where we look at transformation from the inside out. Unplugged. Unscripted. And in the moment. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome to an honest look. We're going to do this part first, Rick. We're going to get it out of the way. What's that? Well, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to tell people where we are, right? You can find yes. it on YouTube. Please yes. subscribe. You can find this episodes, our conversations valuable. Subscribe, spread the word, but also Every show goes on podcast about a day later. So yeah. subscribe to that. Uh, leave us a review. Please leave us a review. The more you support us and the more you amplify our message and the more you put this show in front of people that need to hear this stuff and need the yeah. help, need to get the same value from it that you're getting, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it kind of, it's our, it's your way of validating the work that we're doing right, right? I mean, right. as much as we really enjoy doing this and, and, um, and the value that, you know, we each get out of, out of doing it. Right. Cause we're um, getting value from it too. Just oh, hundred percent, hundred percent, you know, and, um, and it's, it, it's, it's cool to see, you know, uh, the audience grow and it has been. So right. those that have already subscribed to us, thank you. Thank you so much. Right. Doing so. We really value you. Yeah. And also the other reason, the reason why we do this live is to be able to interact with you, to yeah. be able to make you a part of the process. Uh, another thing that I really want to encourage everyone to do, and I know we, we say this every time, but like, do put your questions in the chat. Do, you know, communicate with us while we are in the live. You know, if it's something relevant to what we're talking about, we'll definitely answer your questions. And we'll definitely, you know, even like, steer the conversation in that direction oh yeah like this is, to, this is you know. yeah, yeah. If, if, if something's really on your mind that seems really relevant to the moment um yeah please share it i mean um that's why we're unscripted unrehearsed and all that other good stuff right just yeah. us and it's so good to be just the two of us again <laughs> <laughs> you know i um i i did some reflection piece um there's a coach that i was uh, i took some training off of him some of his workshops and i'm on his newsletter his name's uh, rich lifton and uh towards the end of the the beginning of this year actually um he he sent a post about asking reflecting back right yeah and Which we talked about in our last show of the year we, we i guess we did yeah no, it, it, i know i have a hard time bringing conversations in there because it, i mean this is the only experience i have right now is now right you know so right. so i i uh, i 
I think it's all fluid, but then it's like, oh yeah, well, yeah, we talked about that last week. I'm here to remind you, don't worry. Okay, <laughs> I, that's, that's cool. All I wanted to say, be prepared for this. All I wanted to say is, I don't know how grateful, I do know how grateful I am that you are part of this experience for me. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it, I, I, I started thinking about what, all the things that we did last year, you know, all the transitions and all the different things and, and, and the collaboration that we did. Right. Right. I think is it is is really a demonstration of how things could really be for anybody, anybody in businesses, anybody that's trying to do something in a partnership kind of a way is, um, um, you know, when you can when you get two or more people dropping egos right. and 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 just, you know, what's important and putting that always in front of us. Um, you just never know what can be created. You just never know where where it'll go kind of a thing, right? I so, would say you can really be surprised by what gets created, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, for sure. So, uh, no, I just, you know, I don't think I say it enough to you, but I, I'm, oh, thank you. Thank I'm very you. thankful for for this uh, this opportunity because I, I am truly living one of my fantasies right now in, right. in being being a host of a show, <laughs> being right. a host of a kind right. of a radio show, you know. Kind of that way. feels aligned, right? Yeah. It feels like you can express what you truly believe in and you can have an impact and you can help others, you know, through a simple conversation that's a, that's a powerful one, right? Just it's a conversation that's a powerful conversation. Yeah. And it's not necessarily the kind of conversation you would have with, with two friends or with your right. parents or things like that, right? It's it's there there is something different in that and and um you know and just before we get into the into the meat of the conversation um i just want to highlight that in in about a week's time i'm i've i've been mulling over it started back in november mulling over a, a new new approach to um doing my workshops right i used to have a very structured out uh, complete outline lots of slides lots of information and they were more like teaching mm. and, and it wasn't necessarily the kind of experience I wanted, particularly for the people that were participating. Right. Um, so I've, I've thrown everything away. And literally started kind of a fresh, fresh and new approach. Um, and I often say that, you know, like fresh and new, fresh and new, this, we're always looking for something fresh and new. So if you want to look and explore something, from a fresh and new perspective on what it's like to be ruthless with your joy, um, I encourage you to follow my my um, tree link in the bio. In link the tree. Yeah. What's it? Link tree. I can put it in there. For... Link tree or tree link? It's link tree. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I'm yeah. helping you out here, Rick. No, no. Help me out. Help me out. It's the details that I, I sometimes miss, right? But uh, anyways, yeah, look it up. Uh, there's lots of details in it. Just go to my, um, to the thing that. <laughs> Link tree, right here. Go in the chat. <laughs> it's in the chat. Okay, excellent. All right, I appreciate that. <laughs> what well, is Link tree? 
<laughs> you threw it all away, didn't you? <laughs> you I, well, I literally, literally threw everything away. Yeah. Amazing. No, anyways. Hey, so, um, so, hey, welcome. Um, good to see you again. And, um, and so good to see you too. And thank you for all the kind words. Oh, you're more than welcome. You know, you know, you don't need me to say this to you. You know how grateful I am that we're doing this together. And also, I think that speaks to the power of collaboration, right? Collaboration mm -hmm. and like having having a common uh, purpose, right? And ours is impact and helping people through challenge, everyday challenges. Everyday, right? yeah. Everyday yeah. challenges. Yeah, Which big, small. Us to the very, very popular topic of triggers. Who doesn't have triggers, right? <laughs> Do you well, have any triggers, Rick? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we all have triggers. We all have triggers, right? They're, they're, the, the thing that, uh, and it was interesting because I was on a coaching call this morning and the, the, it kind of got into that a little bit. The fact is, um, is it's it's how we label our triggers right. that kind of gets in the way a little bit, because there's there are triggers that serve us very well, and there are triggers that have a shitty feeling to them, right? That take us that take us into directions that we may not necessarily know or understand, um, but we all have them. We all have them. Some are very automatic um right and um and you know uh, if you want to <clears throat> so i love that you touched upon the you know the label aspect of it right because triggers do have a negative connotation the word trigger for most people yeah. has a negative connotation right but if we could speak to the other side of it which is where you just touched upon that they also serve a function percent. Right? yeah and if that's very difficult for us to see because we immediately connect the label trigger to a negative connotation, there's an immediate reaction to the word, then we can just call them something different, right? Mm -hmm. I like to call them messengers mm -hmm. because that's exactly what they are, yes, right? Absolutely. So in that sense, what are our trigger is really annoying and, you know, makes you feel like crap. Or the trigger is something that maybe pushes you to do something that is beneficial for you, right? No matter what, that trigger is serving the function of delivering a message to you, right? Yeah. It's, it's telling you something. Yeah. So it's not the trigger in on itself that is painful and annoying or whatever it is, is more your emotional reaction to it, right? It's that how you feel about yeah. the thing, the, the trigger, right? The, the thing that has has set off that emotion, yeah. right? Yeah. So that that's really where the discomfort stands from, right? So if we can step back when we feel triggered, right? And we ask ourselves, okay, this person did this or talked to me in a certain way, and it just triggers the hell out of me, right? Instead of focusing on the fact that we're triggered, which is what we most naturally do when we mm -hmm. get really angry and we get into the story, right? We get into the what that trigger means and the person and we start rehearsing all of that. And just like pause for a moment, right? 
recognize that that trigger has just, you know, like started a whole emotional process within us that feels uncomfortable, right? And feel that discomfort and also recognize that that discomfort is also another signal that tells us the fact that it doesn't feel good is pointing us to something underneath that, right? And if we can look at what is underneath that, then we can get some real answers about ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. What about this makes me uncomfortable, right? What is the discomfort that I'm feeling? What is the feeling, right? It feels like crap in my body, right? You can start with your body. I think that's always a really good measure. It feels really tight in my chest or like in my stomach or like I, I got all heated up and like angry, right? So it's, what is the feeling? It's anger. What is the feeling is I feel, you know, like as you dig deeper, you'll discover that it's one of few things, right? I feel disrespected. Well, what does disrespect really mean, right? Well, I feel rejected, right? Or I feel like I'm not being valued, right? Or I feel angry, even anger. Is never just about the anger, what's underneath the anger, right? It, it, so, yeah, it always is, yeah, yeah. So it is about really going down those stairs, right? Like of starting where the trigger is, noticing in ourselves the reaction, right? Is it positive or is it negative, right? And if it is negative, right, well, what is the feeling? What's the feeling? And like, what's causing this feeling? Right? What is it really, really, really making me feel, right? And as we go down that, we discover that a lot of it has to do with some unresolved part of us that we, you know, we may feel, you know, like not good enough. We may feel like rejected. We may feel not valued, right? It, it, it always leads to some sort always, of, right. of belief. Belief, right? exactly. That, yeah. Exactly. I just want to step back a couple of paces just to just to highlight I was because I was thinking about it just before the show how easy and how natural triggers happen. So um, uh, one of the one of the things um, um, hmm. are you reading that too? <laughs> it sounds not- like a different language right. um, is um, is so I was on a walk this morning in in a semi uh, forested area and you know it's like I'm just by myself I'm with my dog you know and it's quiet it's early in the morning I hear I hear the birds chirping away and all of a sudden I hear a snap of a branch mm-hmm. now immediately that that my my body tensed right up right right now it's designed to do that right and and like you say a trigger is just a, me- a message right so the the i got a clear message immediately potential danger that's the first thing that comes up it's like what is in the woods right is it a cougar is it a bear you know and we have them all over in our area so it's not like i'm um you know um uh, immune to them in the sense of uh it's a it's a plausible answer um it could also be a squirrel or a rabbit because there are also a bunch of them around or or deer but that that innocent little trigger is is we're designed to pay attention to that 
Right. So um, a lot of triggers are geared, if not all, um, are triggered are triggered because of pattern recognition that we have within us. Right. So something within our memory sparks sparks it. So we recognize something, a snap of a uh, of a of a twig in the bush, boom. Now our auto response system says adrenaline. Right. Get it's like oh what's going on right right so i'm hypervigilant i'm i'm hearing a lot more clearer right i'm paying more attention that's that's all designed within us right. naturally now the minute i started to realize what was really going on understanding the situation that defense mechanism that was automatically stimulated started to relax right and the adrenaline started to go through, you know, I started to, you know, breathe more deeply and, and, and started to relax. And that is how it works. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So it's, so they are, triggers are designed to keep us safe in, yeah. in, in that sense. Right. So, and they're, and they're based on memory. They're based on pattern recognition. There, when you see something that looks like something that, like you said, anger looks like fear. I mean, let's even say like the, the, you know, the branch snapping could be, let's replace that with someone talks to you with a, with a tone. With a tone, so yeah. To you, yeah. right? Yeah. You don't like to be spoken that way, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think that that can be like something that every day we often experience. Absolutely, yeah. You don't you don't have twigs in New York? <laughs> not as many. <laughs> not as, well, you might you might have uh, we may not somebody hiding much. in bushes, maybe. But, like, <laughs> no, but but what I'm saying is that you know what what I'm hearing you say is you're talking about noticing, right? Noticing and recognizing that we're designed to just react, right? We're like designed to react as if everything is a danger including how somebody's tone may change or the way they approach us or step towards us, right? So we make a lot of meaning of that and there's an automated response often that happens, right? Yeah. But the, the only way to kind of stop that cycle and not be at the mercy of the trigger is by noticing, by having awareness around how a trigger works. And, you know, I mean, there could be times where that trigger is appropriate, right? Oh, 100%, but that's you understanding the situation, right? So so getting clarity on what is real. Right. Um, you know, like I know a lot of uh, my friends are in the military and first responders and and gunfire is a trigger, right? right? If you've come from war and various other things. But when you're in the city and, well, wherever you are, you know, it's, it's I would say 90% of the time, it's a very safe environment. But when you hear a firecracker going off or some fireworks going off, it triggers a memory right. that's related to, to potential danger. And the automatic response that happened at that moment back there will repeat itself. Right. When you realize that, oh, wait a minute, I'm, it is just fireworks, I am safe, then then the the system is allowed to flush back through again right and it 
it's designed that way because yep. in a true danger, you do not want to have to think about or evaluate or any of that, right? You do want that immediate reaction in a true danger. Like yeah. you want the trigger to have an immediate reaction, right? Yep. Yep. But in a way we have overused that strength, right? And in then it way, becomes the weakest. <laughs> right, in a way now it's our weakness because yep. we especially, you know, with how we have evolved technologically and like the life is at a different speed than it was, you know, many years ago. Yeah, yeah. So many things can trigger that kind of urgent response, right? Yeah. That, that's actually very unhealthy for our nervous systems, right? Very adds to the stress, adds to um, our ability to just um, sit in a place of, you know, comfort and being able to not be at the mercy of the of the trigger, right? Because just we're constantly just responding, right? Yeah. Yep. Social media and text messages, like we're constantly like that sense of urgency is constantly there. So we have been trained to just like constantly respond, right? Yeah. And yep. so uh, you know there are moments where that is appropriate, but ninety percent of the time it is not. Ninety percent of the time it is about slowing down. Right, slowing down. There's a speeding and up. How do you tell? How do you tell? You just, you, yeah. Well, you said it earlier, which I love. You, you pointed to. You can, you can tell when you're wrapped up in it by the feeling. Right, by the feel, by how it feels. If it feels yeah. like crap, it's definitely not something that, unless you're being chased by a tiger, it's not something that feels good, right? So what is underneath that not feeling good, right? Yeah. But what we do is like we often, and this is the other important part of understanding triggers and, and like how we can make them work for us instead of against us, is to really understand, and this is something that we speak to all the time, mm -hmm. but now instead of looking outwards at the trigger and like at the person that did that or said that or like, just really turning it around onto yourself. How can yeah. I respond differently? Yeah. What is this telling me about myself? What is causing this feeling? What is it underneath that, right? So really see that message as a message about ourselves, right? With someone who is talking to you disrespectfully, frankly, I already know that person is being disrespectful. Right. So once you have acknowledged that, right, you can make a decision of whether or not you want to interact with that person again, or if you want to set a boundary. Right. <laughs> I will not accept for you to talk to me that way again, or we will not be interacting. Right. I can be a simple boundary or you I avoid see, having. And, and I just I sorry to interrupt you, but I but what you just said, though, comes from a different space than the actual trigger response. With well, a meaning that we make of. Well, yeah, because what, what what I'm hearing from you is is like when you say, you know, it's that slowing down piece. So when we're triggered by, let's just, like you said, the example of, I don't like the way somebody's speaking to me, right? So it's, it's triggering an emotion. I'm caught up in this particular emotion, right? Now, if I stay with that emotion, then it turns into much more than a conversation. Right. Right? It's sort of, so now I'm taking a stand, I'm doing all this other kind of stuff. But, it, but if I recognize that, oh, geez, I'm getting fired up about this. My antidote for that is to slow down, slow down right? 
and allow the emotion to naturally leave you because it will if you you know it has a half-life every minute 90 seconds 90 seconds it'll just start to right from that point that's when the idea of i need to set a boundary i this is how i'm going to respond to you you know i really feel uncomfortable the way you're speaking to me right now right right which sounds a lot different than don't you ever talk to me such a good point you just made right do not ever do not ever interact with anyone by yourself right maybe even avoid interacting with yourself when you're triggered when you are because emotion like emotion is energy motion right so that energy is responding to something of equal energy right so in that moment where you're so charged up and emotional that is not a moment where your brain is coherent enough for you to have a useful conversation, for exactly. you to, to respond in the way that serves you best, yeah. right? So really the number one step that comes after feeling triggered is that slowing down piece, is that like asking ourselves, do I really need to respond this way, right? What am I responding to? Is there like a clear danger or am I just, or is this just an emotional response? And if it is an emotional response to really slow down and let it express, yeah. let it be for a minute, right? Yeah. Because it naturally does lose some of that charge within 90 seconds, right? Yeah. So really it's about restraining yourself from reacting or responding immediately after, especially if you're really, really triggered, right? And I, and I gave that example last year about uh, my dog being attacked right you know and and you know the triggering that happened at that moment the adrenaline that was running you know protecting the dog trying to get the other dog away you know and all that other kind of stuff you know and to realize that oh wait a minute okay now now i need to talk to the owner of that other dog right and there was enough presence in my mind to realize i'm supercharged right now I'm of no value. I'm not going to get any, any headway at all in a conversation. Um, that I allowed that adrenaline to flow through, get more quieter, and and then just present myself in in a different manner, um, a non-confronting manner, right? And just to see what would would come at that time, you know. So the conversation was. I'm sure would have been so much different if I had started to storm down the street, you know, versus, you know, cause I, I know, I know most of my neighbors, they're not, you know, they don't breed dogs to, right. I needed to understand where did this dog all of a sudden come? Like, like I walk every single day. So it was, it was, I wouldn't have had a deeper understanding of what was really going on. And I don't think the, owner of the dog would have heard me <laughs> more clearly, you know, kind of a thing. And, and we came to a really nice resolve and, and uh, we're still friendly neighbors. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's the thing, right? Because in a sense, we feel like if we match that energy with like energy that we're gonna, you know, stand up for ourselves, you know, better and we're gonna mm-hmm. show them or whatever it is. But what that really does is creates more resistance, right? Yes. It, it closes the other person off 
to where the person now is in defense mode. Yeah. So it's in the same like place that we are. And there's they're triggered. Come out of that. Yeah. They're, they're triggered. triggered now. Yeah. They're triggered too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I completely agree with you. And but again, really looking at the trigger as some like as, as an opportunity to learn something more about ourselves, right? It's just a clue. It's a message. It's a clue. It's telling us like there's something about this that doesn't feel right for you. There's something about this that creates a strong emotional reaction for you. There's something about this for you to look into, right? How can you respond differently? How can you show up differently? And what can you learn from it? And and not to take it as it means anything more than that. Than that, exactly. I, you know, in, in Carl Jung's work, you know, he, he talks about shadow work. You know, um, the um, the thing that, that uh, he, he emphasizes is anything that angsts you about another person, that's there's something within you right that needs that is unresolved or whatever how you how how you want to include it so it's it's i know in in coaching um clients sometimes say you know like that person really ticks me off a lot and i go okay so you know describe the behavior and things like that and then I'll, i'll 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 turn it i'll turn the tables and i go so you recognize the behavior which is a pattern. Right. Only way you can recognize a pattern is because you have that pattern. You have so, experience that, right? so, so where in your life does that particular behavior show up? Right. right. You know, and it could be really something simple, like, like this person's always late and it just drives me crazy. Okay. And then I'll say, well, where, where does late show up in, in your life? I'm never late. No, like, like kind of think about it. Right. And it's like, do you always deliver on time? Well, m- most of the time. Well, that, that, that shows up, right? It shows up someplace in your life. It could also be like, that's something that you experienced, right? That, as you were saying that, that reminds me of my mom. My mom is like <laughs> chronically late, right? <laughs> for me, chronically, mom, if you're listening, you know that. I don't need to tell Hi, you. Hi, mom. <laughs> Super late, like just like chronically late right so that's been a trigger for me right and i can be five minutes late and i'm like you know what i love where i landed right i didn't land at you know a half hour an hour late five minutes i can live with that right but that can be a trigger right something yeah. that we experience in another part of our lives that yeah. just doesn't feel good right yeah. so when somebody else does it we have an exaggerated response to it Right. Oh, totally. And it's again, it's like that messenger piece, right? It's the messenger. Yeah. And if we look at it as simple as that, right. then it's sort of like, oh, okay, well, that's kind of interesting. Um, you know, and yeah, yeah, you could do something about it or not do anything about it. But it 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 I find it fascinating. Because if if we just if we go along the lines of that life is always being mirrored back to us, right, then then we're we're projecting something and it's and it's just coming back to us so we have a chance of looking at it it's simple as that right yeah. i mean i i would say and i would like to go a little bit into some of those triggers that are not so easy for us to slow down right because those can be present too mm-hmm. and i want to say to that 
from my own personal experience. Sure. Yeah. When a trigger, when you're aware of a trigger, right? So because we're really talking about creating our awareness around it, right? Notice, yeah, you notice what's going on in your body, you realize you're triggered and how you have awareness around it. And now you can do something about it, right? You can start asking questions. Is this really a response to that behavior? Or where is this showing up in my life? What is it telling me about me, right? So you can really discover a lot about yourself and what what that trigger, specific trigger means to you, right? But there are instances in which that response is extremely difficult for you to even catch, right? And in my personal experience, those instances are instances in which there are deeper trauma involved, right? right. So in that case, right, if it's something that you're really aware of, that you there's nothing you can, you have tried and you're unable, in spite of your awareness, in spite of your awareness, in spite of trying, you're completely unaware, uh, unable to, you know, stop that pattern, right? Stop that response then that's something that goes a little bit deeper. That's a, that's a different kind of trigger, right? I mean, PTSD is one of those examples where something can trigger an extremely exaggerated response, right? Exaggerated for yep. what we consider to be normal, right? Mm -hmm. When you go look into that, there's this trauma, this deep trauma that is stuck in there that the person truly doesn't have the ability to control. Right. So now the trauma is controlling the person. It's controlling. Yep. The response. Yes. Yeah. I really always like to make that distinction mm -hmm. because that is real for so many people. Right. It doesn't have to be like PTSD from being in, you know, in a war. You know, it could be something, something else. But mm -hmm. I want to encourage people, like, especially when those triggers become toxic or self-destructive or, you know, like, they're just causing problems in your life. I really want to encourage people to seek for help, right? Absolutely. You have a Absolutely. professional help. You have a professional yeah. help you diagnose it, right? Because yeah. what the triggers that we're talking about are like everyday life triggers. Some are going to be more or less difficult for people. We are all on different in different places in our journey, right? And we all have you know, more develop that like self-development muscle more or less, right? So we, you can never give everyone a timeline of how long that's gonna take, but like all things, it's all about repetition, right? You, the more times you re redirect that response and the more automated that new redirection and that new response becomes. Yep. But if you've tried it and tried it and tried it and the response doesn't change and it remains really charged, and toxic or whatever it is, exaggerate, exaggerated, then that's a place where you can you cannot do this on your own. You have to look for outside help. You have to seek help from a professional. Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Like you know, to just to help you get a you know a, a deeper understanding of what's going on. Like one of, I mean, from from my work perspective. Um, we come from a place of that we're not broken and what tendency happens is that when we're deeply triggered and caught in the hamster wheel um and and yes it looks very real and it and it has all their feelings of sensation and things like that is that we have a tendency of thinking there's something wrong there's we're broken right 
But when we really understand that, no, it's just a really a natural response to what you're thinking and understanding the role of thought and understanding the role of thinking and uh, attention, right? You know, like we have built into us resilience. We have built into us uh, a deep sense of well-being. And, and it's easily demonstrated. I mean, I mean, the minute that we turn our attention away from, say, the screen to something else, our body automatically readjusts itself. And just like me getting uh, slightly triggered of potential danger from a from a big bear attack, uh, (laughs) you know, with the with the with the twig. Right. You know, like if I had to do something in that moment, I know that my body is ready to go. Right. Right. I, I, it clears the mind. All I could concentrate on was what danger is in front of me. Right. Perfectly good. Perfectly right. normal. If there was an actual bear there. It, well, especially if there was an actual bear, bear right. and I would just do what I would normally do. Right. Shit and run. So it's <laughs> it's good. But, but it, you know, in all seriousness, though, again, it's back to, and this is where I've seen the work with post-traumatic stress is that, um, that when they understand how that natural process works, when they understand that it's when they slow down and really see and understand what is going on in front of them and see how safe they are, they, they immediately react um in a way that that cleanses themselves right right right? and allows the body to let the adrenaline flow out because we were never designed to hold on to all that energy for long periods of time well because it literally takes energy away from other centers right that's why you're not coherent you can't have a coherent conversation because a part of your brain is shut down you have it's offline. You have no access. To no, it. no, you're you're hyper focused. Right. You are hyper focused. I got to keep myself safe. Right. Which right? is why it is not useful for you to have any conversations in that moment. Right. Because then what happens? This is the cycle. Right. There's a trigger. We respond immediately. Let's say you talk to me in a way that I don't like. I lash out because I'm super triggered and, and immediately get angry and I feel attacked and I lash out and I say things that guess what? Then afterwards, when your brain is back online, now you regret talking to the person that way, right? Yeah. So now what happens is a whole other cycle that kicks in, right? Now I feel bad about what I said. I feel bad about myself. The self-critical voice emboldens, right? Yeah. And now I start like, telling myself how I'm not good enough or like how rude I am or, you know, like I start having feelings of shame and like self-judgment and, you know, putting myself down and feeling that, you know, I am a rude person, right? So it's a whole cycle, right? It's a whole cycle because not only that is what happens internally, but it can also even affect your relationships. Right well, now, you that, you can't undo what's been done, right? You cannot no. undo how you responded to that. So then, now you have feelings about that, right? Now you have feelings. So do you, do you see the pattern of how that like energy creates the same exact energy, right? Oh. Of shame and self judgment and 
you know, like lower vibration, not feeling good about myself feelings. Yeah. Right. So when and, then, and then, and then we create a belief system that and umbrellas we, it. Right. And then we start getting a change in behavior, things right. like, um, you know, one of the things that are classic with post-traumatic stress, particularly in the military side, is that they always put their back against the wall. They always go to a, a, a back table. They, you know, they start to change their behavior to, to thinking that that will manage the trigger. It's, it's coping, right? Then you, 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 100%. Or, or, you know, like in everyday life, now I avoid that person. Now I no longer say hi to that person. Now I'm holding a grudge. Now yeah. it's just weird every time I see that person. Or, yeah. you know, even worse in your own personal relationships, right? It just yeah. chips away at the relationship because there's that you can't really undo it, right? But what I always tell people is, you know what? Instead of judging yourself, instead of feeling shame and guilt, Put just as much energy into how you can go and repair that, how you can go and be very open and vulnerable about it and honest about it, right? Mm -hmm. The yeah. way you responded was not in spite of what you've done, in spite of how you talked to me, in spite of whether or not that was, a, you know, like what you meant to do, what yeah. I did, like own your part, right? What I did, the way I talked to you, the way I responded and reacted was not right, right? And I want to repair that. I want to apologize for doing that. It was not right to do mm -hmm. that. Two wrongs don't make a right. No. right? Just because no. I felt wrong, it doesn't mean that I can go and like be yeah. rude back, right? So, you know, because, and I say this because oftentimes to, to shift that automated response, right, to the trigger takes time. So you're going to have, even in spite of the awareness, even in spite of knowing that you need to slow down, the first time you're gonna try and shift this is not going to work the way you you would like it to work. No, no, it, no it's a muscle. Right? It's a muscle it, that needs to be exercised. Yeah. It takes practice, right? Yeah. So it's not useful for you to focus on the fact that you didn't respond in a way that you intellectually know you should respond, right? Mm -hmm. But it is useful to have tools to go back and repair, to go back and like explain, listen, I'm aware of this, I'm aware that I'm you know, the way I speak when I'm triggered is is rude or it's, you know, it's disrespectful, whatever it is, or did I respond yeah. in a way that was maybe overly, you know, like exaggerated and I'm aware of it, I'm working on it and I apologize if I offended you. And at the same time, I would like to ask you to, you know, be considerate and not talk to me like that because that's something that really, really, really bothers me, right? Mm -hmm. So that is useful what is not useful is to sit at home and like feel guilty and shame and then avoid the person and potentially let's say even ruin a relationship or throw away a relationship well, when you think about it 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 really limits your ability to enjoy life right like because you're starting to put what i would refer to as unhealthy boundaries right <laughs> right. right or okay. limits to to how you want to engage in life and the and the narrower you make it the more difficult it becomes because you start to end up managing a bunch of different things well i can't exactly. go there because that person's there exactly. i can't do this because i may come in contact with that i i want to go there but so it it really diminishes your experience of life right 
such a good point. Like now, instead of putting your energy into that one conversation where you come clean, you're calm and you have processes and you go and have this conversation. Not only you apologize, but you also let the person know what you're willing to, you know, tolerate, interact with or not, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of putting the energy into just that one conversation, now ever after you're putting all your energy in avoiding, in in the coping, right? And now the coping becomes also an automated reaction, right? Now this is what you do every time you have an uncomfortable interaction. What you do, then you avoid the person and now you are avoiding two people and then three people and then 10 people. And now all your energy goes into avoiding people and places. And then and you reversing the reasons why. An introvert, right. or hermit, right. you know, yeah. Right, yeah. Or, or even like rehearsing what happened, right? Because that's also where we put the energy into. Because mm -hmm. we have to validate why we're avoiding this person, not talking to that person yeah. or like completely blocking them or canceling them out of yeah. our lives, right? Yeah. I know that this is very specific to a specific trigger or something that happens, but that's something that happens often, right? So now you're putting all this energy, all these parts of you into avoidance that now becomes an automated way of respond to that situation. Yeah. Instead of just really staying true to what feels right and truthful and authentic, right? There's no need to have shame around anything that we do but there is a lot of power in owning our imperfections there's yeah. a lot of power in speaking to them in voicing them in being honest and vulnerable with people right and with ourselves and with ourselves and like recognizing that really perfection is something that you can really never achieve because yeah. we are imperfect by nature and there's beauty to that too yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I welcome anybody that, you know, has any any comments or, or questions regarding triggers and and um, uh, well, and how they can be your friend. <laughs> you know? How they can be your friend, right? I well, know got... It's information, right? I, I, I'm, I you know, like I I said before, you know, several times, um, my point of view is that our feelings are barometer. Right. Right. And it just tells me where I am at this moment. It has no, nothing to do with what's going on outside of me. So it's a reflection of what's inside of me. So if that is if that is true and I and I and I believe that and I work from that point of view, then it's up to me to manage that part. Right. And and when I notice that my check engine light says that I need to relax and slow down and conserve some energy, then yeah that's what I need to do. And then it's from that point that something fresh and new occurs. Right. right. How much more empowering to look at something that we typically look at as something really annoying. Being triggered is not fun, right? So yeah. we can choose to focus on how freaking annoying it is and get angry about the thing that triggered us, right? And focus on how this person always does that or this thing always happens and this traffic light is so long, right? Yeah. And focus on that, right? And spend all our energy in the negative cycle of rehearsing something that truthfully there's nothing you can do about because the trigger is something outside of you, right? Oh, yeah. Or just be take it take it as an opportunity to like just really like explore yourself on a deeper level to 
well, what can I do to change this within me? What can I do to change my response? How can I respond in an empowered way? How can I really look within, take that as a way to, you know, just see where it's pointing? Can I see something fresh and new? Right, right. What can I learn from this? I I used to have a 90-minute one-way commute to work every day. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know, I at, at times I, you know, I enjoyed the the trip, and then at other times I just resented it, you know. And right. I thought, and and then I noticed that every time I got in the car, I was like regretting it, right. and I was always looking for ways of distracting myself, excuses like how can I not get on this commute? As long as I stayed in that frustration mode. I knew that nothing, nothing new was going to come up. Like I couldn't get a fresh idea. You're simmering in that. Behind I'm simmering the, it. Dunking from it. Stew, <laughs> stew. Um, but some somewhere along the line, I relaxed enough and disassociated out of the frustration, and then it occurred to me, what a wonderful opportunity to read books while I'm driving. Listen, listen to it. I discovered podcasts. I discovered audiobooks. It was sort of like, you know, it's like, where have you been all my life? You know, right. kind of thing. that's like my laundry, my laundry stories, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's like laundry is a trigger for me, you know, like picking up toys. Yeah. <laughs> that's still a trigger. Let me tell you, as a mom, it's like they just grow like fungus everywhere. They're everywhere. Yeah. Toys are everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, like, what can I do with this time, right? Instead of seeing my time as wasted time, yeah. right? what can I do with it? What else can I do, right? Yeah. And look at how beautiful. Now you can listen to books and like grow in intellectually, expand yeah. your knowledge, right? I, I got, it got to the point where I didn't want to get to work. I wanted to stay on the road. Right. Because right. I was I was so absorbed in, in what was, you know, the lectures kind of a thing. You know, and um, yeah, no, it, but you see, those don't come from you mucking around in your laundry going, I hate this, I hate this, I hate uh, this. Another stain that needs stain remover. This kid, <laughs> keep doing it, right? <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, it's really all about changing your experience of what's in front of you. I mean, yeah. ultimately, that's what life is all about, right? And really, flipping you know that mindset of how you look at things yeah. how you look at things yeah. so you know i i really want to invite everyone to try that you know well, next time you feel triggered like remember this conversation and give it a try experiment yeah. what would happen if i experimented and like i made myself see something good in this or something useful right yeah. let's not let's even throw away the word good something useful what can be useful about this yeah. and like really fight up against that voice it's like freaking nothing it's just annoying right like but what if it was play with me what if it was let's say that it was what could it be and you'll be amazed by how your brain will now start finding all the different ways that this can be useful for you because the moment that you flip the switch in your brain you get it to think your that reticular activating system is thinking in a different direction. Now it finds all the evidence for why this trigger can be useful in your yeah. life, right? Yeah. May yeah. not be fun. No. 
uh, useful. No. Um, interesting, interesting question now from. Uh, uh, yeah. You know how how do you help a toddler cope with triggers? Right. Um, do you want to go for that, or do you well, want not necessarily go for it? But I, I, it's a it's an insight that I that I that I have about that because what what triggers you the mechanism that's that's being triggered within you, right? Again, it's a natural thing. There's something. There's a pattern. There's something that that is learned and whatever whatever it might be. It's also happening in in with anybody, right. right? So just you know, when people are having a bad experience or what it looks like a bad experience to you, right? Then then you know, there's a lot of pieces in there that that go both ways. And you know, and, and a lot of times I you know, this is this is where the deeper co coaching conversation comes in, because let's not focus on what the toddler's doing let's focus on what you're doing in the right. moment right but okay yeah finish finish I, I do have my two cents on that because i'm pretty fresh on that because <laughs> i get it i get it i mean i and i get up absolutely where you're going there's something about your toddler being triggered that's triggering you right like yeah. i felt like I need to get you out the door and you're losing your mind over the color of your socks or your snack or whatever it is. It's completely irrational, right? Toddlers are completely irrational. So I learned a couple of things, right? But yes, very much. Some, it's not really about what the toddler is doing because they're doing the thing where they are developmentally, right? So I learned to really ask myself, what is this teaching me, right? And most times it was teaching me patience, right? It was teaching me where I could be more patient and where I could be like more present with my kids. Another thing that I had to learn because that's not in the moment. Those moments with toddlers, that's very fresh for me. I mean, I do have a seven-year-old that still yes, has meltdowns, right? I really understood that a lot of that discomfort for me was about wanting to fix that, wanting to end it. Yes. For, my, for my kids, right? And having a lot of acceptance around the fact that that's just a natural process for them. They're learning to emotionally regulate and they don't quite know how to do it, nor they know how to express their needs in a way that we always catch or understand, right? Yeah. So that was the second part. The other thing that I learned from having my kids see a therapist at some point during the pandemic was really all I needed to do instead of trying to fix it or end it was just validate the feelings, uh -huh. validate the feelings, accept that it has a cycle, right? For some yep. kids it's a little bit longer that is comfortable for us to accept or like sit through. It can be very triggering, right? It's a cycle that, that has an end eventually. Yep. I don't have 45 minute meltdowns, right? So that it could get really difficult to lose 45 minutes, right? But all that she needed, I learned, was she needed me to validate what she was feeling in that moment. Uh -huh. This is so difficult for you. I get it. You know, make it okay for them to be angry instead of trying to yeah. fix it, instead of telling them, stop doing that, right? Yeah. And making them feel safe, right? Depending on what, how old that toddler is, that, that validation piece is going to come, you know, either in a, in, with language or with, like, just physical affection or just perhaps even, you know, and after you validate them, just let them run through that course, right? 
and really understanding that the more you try to control it and the more they get triggered, right? Because it's there oh. for a reason. There's a frustration. Well, you're, you're matching that energy. You're matching that energy. Yeah. And the other thing that I would say is, because after the fact I felt this a lot, was I felt guilt around my response because I, it triggered the hell out of me, right? I have to be honest, like the moments I just, ah, I started screaming too. Like, I can't take it anymore. You know, and you get in the story, you get into yeah. the reactiveness. Yeah. I really learned, and this is something that I also learned from my kid therapist, to not judge myself, to mm -hmm. let go of the guilt, kick the guilt out. What can I learn? What else can I do? And be, see myself with compassion. It is so difficult to live through those meltdowns in the middle of the street. Your kid is running away. My son used to just like take off and run away. And then I'm like, I just saved your life. And now he's having a meltdown in the middle of the sidewalk. And now you look like the bad mom, right? Yeah. Yeah. So really have compassion for yourself too. It yeah. is challenging. Toddlers are super challenging and it's, especially when it's your first one, even when it's your second one, they, they don't come out like a cookie cutter, right? They're different, turns out. Oh, you yeah. don't know what you're doing the first time around. No one gave you a freaking, you know, like manual for this human being. You're responsible for this human being. And like, yeah. you don't know what to do. You try different things. It's trial and error, unfortunately, right? So have a lot of compassion for yourself. Don't judge yourself. Do something to regulate yourself, to feed yourself, to slow down yourself, right? And That's then the key. And to your that, and then to that, that is the key, exactly. And right. because again, nothing fresh and new, nothing will occur to you as long as you're matching or trying to manipulate what you're seeing. Right, or control. Controlling yeah. it. But the minute that, and that's why I always, you know, like I said, you know, it's like, okay, so how are you contributing to this? Like, what can, if you sit back and relax and give yourself the space, right, to, to like, listen, right, listen, something will occur to you, something right. will occur to you. Right. And, it, and, and I can't tell you what that will be. Right. But in that in that moment, it will be right for that moment. Right. And, you know, and I would say, because she's asking, like, how to um, help the toddler cope with their triggers, right? Just understand that in the moment, you're not going to get that answer. Not in the moment. You're going to get that answer when you slow down, when you look back, Absolutely. and you start observing yep. multiple meltdowns, right? There's, there's, no, there's no recipe for, like, your toddler tomorrow will not have meltdowns. I'm going to tell you this. Be very <laughs> honest. It's going to happen because... Hey. We have, we, right. have we have triggers. We have triggers. How old are we? That, <laughs> yeah. That's their language, right? Yeah. But the more you just like slow down and pause and, and observe the behavior and what is it triggering them? What are they trying to tell me? What is it that's frustrating them? And the more you're going to start putting that, that answer together and, the, and then you can try showing up and like trying different things, right? Show up differently, but like always validate that it make me feel safe, you know, obviously if something's really unsafe in the way they are triggered and like having that meltdown, then your job, absolutely number one job is to keep them safe, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. that's the only way you're going to know. They unfortunately don't speak a language that you can fully understand until they're much older. Well, much I, older. 
I don't yeah. even know if they speak the right language even when they're older. Right, but you know what? I discovered something about my daughter, and she's almost eight, very recent, yeah. that, you know, she wasn't sleeping. She It took her a long time to sleep through the night, like five years. And I, I hate to say that because some people that are going through it. It's like their skin crawls because that feels like forever. But I realized that she was super afraid of the dark because her room was really, really, really dark. Mm-hmm. So, and she still today is super, like she actually verbalized that to me very recently. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I could never understand it. You know, like I tried different things. Like I was focusing yeah. on the wrong things mm-hmm. and she was coming to my bed, not because she gets, she was scared. She was really yeah. scared. Yeah. Wow. So it's, it's a journey and it's a challenging it journey. I, I feel you, Giselle. I feel you. I hope that we answered your question and that this was helpful to you. And I hope this show was helpful. And right. um, yeah, and so leave us a comment, um, a like, uh, sub- subscribe, share us, do all the do all the cool things. Um, Paula, just before we leave, uh, Paula, Paula's sharing that uh, there's a wonderful program called uh, Conscious Discipline that gives parents and educators to help with triggers with children. Thank you very much uh, you for so that. Much. And this is what our community is like, right? You know, it's like, we don't pretend that we know everything. Right. But, but, you know, everybody's been exposed to different things, different things. And so we can learn off each other. So I appreciate, Paula, what what you're contributing there. Thank you for joining our show. Absolutely. And go ahead tomorrow, tune in. It'll be on podcast. Subscribe, review us, follow us on... uh, youtube wherever you you know it works best for you and share the show this was yeah. helpful for you share share yeah. the love help us amplify our impact it's really Absolutely. really really matters to us yeah and if you um want to want to do a deep exploration in being ruthless with your joy you have the follow, link you follow have... the link on, on in the comment section and uh, i would really love to get to know you um uh, better in uh, and it starts on january the 21st by the way anyways so i'm gonna put both our links here yeah thank you everyone thanks we'll sandra. See you thanks week. angela saw you in the background <laughs> we'll see you next week and yep. keep tuning in have a have a powerful week everyone absolutely bye-bye now bye-bye Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate every listener that is committed to the journey of transformation. And if you found value in today's episode, join us for the next conversation as we take on a new topic every week. Subscribe to our podcast so that you won't miss any tips and insights. Your experience of the show means a lot to us. So please help us amplify our impact by posting an honest review. This action matters to us more than you know. You can find us on social media at An Honest Look Podcast and on our YouTube channel at An Honest Look. Bye for now. Ciao, ciao, and until next time.